Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Ontarians still waiting for the province to announce if children will return to school on Monday. We take a look back at some of the biggest stories of 2021 in Burlington. One of my favorite interviews this year was with Arkell's frontman Max Kerman. And I'll tell you about the top Google trends in 2021. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. We are still waiting for the provincial government to announce whether or not children will return to school on Monday. And will Ontario embrace new isolation and quarantine rules that have been uh, tweaked in the U.S.? Thomas Tenkate, professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health with Ryerson University, joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Good morning, Thomas. Uh, Good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on this morning. Uh, We are expected to hear uh, maybe some details later on today from Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Kieran Moore. He's going to make a virtual announcement at 3 p.m. today. My guess is it's likely going to be about booster shots, uh, perhaps the fourth shots that are coming to long-term care facilities, maybe some word on whether or not our isolation guidelines are going to be tweaked. Your thoughts on what we may or may not hear today? Yeah, yeah, I I think that uh you know for for school and you know returning back to school face to face though my sense is that they'll probably put a pause on that for for January is my is my sense because you know we we're expecting a bit of a surge you know post Christmas uh, get-togethers um so so I think they might might you know if I was, uh if I put money on it, I think that that's the, they'd probably sort of put a pause on face to face for for January. Uh, but but we know that you know in the past when they've done that, then you know January's turned to February and February's turned to March and and whatever. But uh, but you know it, it's really you know uh, an evolving situation, and they have to make decisions based on on what the evidence is. So so there is so that's my sense. Uh, like uh, you know there there is a, I think there's a bit of pressure on them in regard to the. <clears throat> quarantine and isolation rules in regard to the number of days uh, they're, they're, they're saying people should isolate or quarantine for. You know, other countries have uh, moved to, you know, moved down from 10 days to, to seven days and, and the US is, uh, is uh, now saying five days or, or recommending five days. So whereas I th- my understanding is you know, the, the Public Health Agency of Canada has said, uh, no, let's keep it at 10 days. I think, you know, there, there is a there's definitely an issue there in regard to, uh, you know, that's all fine if, if you can get the tests, uh, but we, we're also seeing that, uh, you know, it's taking a time time for people to get the tests. So so there's, there's a lot of pressure there in, in the system now. Yeah, and that has a big impact on the workplace because if, if that isolation period drops from 10 to 5, um, you, you know, you test positive, but you have no symptoms, uh, you know, that five-day quarantine, you're back at work and maybe still contagious, even though you don't have, uh, you know, symptoms. You mentioned the testing aspect as well. That's another wrinkle. And and now, you know, potentially you're infecting other people who now have to stay home. That has, uh, you know, an impact on uh, paid sick days. Um, this is not an easy decision, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and I think, uh, you know, what, what's, uh, where, the, where the other countries have sort of landed on is the fact that they, you know, by the time, you, by the time you're at that sort of five-day period, the level of, of how much you're infective to other people is, 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 is getting pretty low. And considering, you know, when, you know, from, a, from an infectious disease perspective, it's, you know, that, that five-day period is still going to be uh, quite a few days past 
when when you're actually infected by someone else. Um, and so, uh, and 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 this is also one of those things where it's you know because we're talking about a population. We're, that's a, like a median value versus, you know, every, there's going to be a bit of a range in that. So some people might be still really infective at that point and other people might, mightn't be infective at all. So, so, so I suppose, you know, you've got that issue of, of what, what level of risk is there to, to the community if you, if you reduce it down to that, that time frame. And, and I think, uh, you know, some, it, it gets down to, you know, what, what's the availability of tests? What's, what's, What's the impact on the workforce? Uh, you know, other other aspects as well, and so so I think that there is definitely a lot of pressure on on the government to sort of re, you know renew uh, review that and, and 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 move it down. You know, like I think some countries have you know sort of taken a middle ground of going from ten to seven. You know, whereas the US is saying, well, you know, let's let's go to five. But if you're a if you're a healthcare worker, we'll we'll keep it at seven. So so I think. You know, seven days is probably the the middle ground for this, uh, and 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 uh, yeah, well, let's let's see. But uh, they're, they're, I think there's pressure on them to keep it at ten days. Got a couple more minutes with Thomas Tenkate, professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health with Ryerson University. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Is is the Omicron variant? You know, we've heard a lot about its it, it being less severe than than Delta or even some of the other variants like Alpha. Is it almost a blessing in disguise for governments and public health officials to say, yeah, we can relax some of the rules because it's not as deadly? Well, yeah, like I think that's you know that that's definitely playing into the the, you know, the decision making. The issue is that uh, you know what what's the impact on on the healthcare system. Uh, if you've got so many cases, uh, and and I think, you know, just sheer number of additional cases that we're seeing now, you know, we're we're more than double the number that we had at the peak of the of the previous peaks. So, uh, you know, so statistically, you're going to have more cases, you know, than you know coming into hospital. But you know, the good thing is that we haven't really seen that translate to to a doubling of cases. The the overall case numbers in uh, being hospitalised of relatively stable um, but but what we are seeing is that uh, now uh, uh, vaccinated people are uh, more than unvaccinated people going going to hospital but 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 going into ICUs it's it's the other way around it's mainly unvaccinated so so you know the the, the vaccine is doing its job in regard to stopping people getting really sick but it, but without the booster it's not going to stop you going going to hospital if, if you uh, if you do get infected. It's great points, Thomas. Uh, thank you very much for the time. Uh, enjoy the new year. We'll chat with you in 2022. Okay, thanks very much, Rick. Have a great day. You too. That's Thomas Tenkate, professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health with Ryerson University. Um, chiming in on his thoughts about uh, Omicron and uh, what the provincial government and, and uh, public health units in this province may or may not do uh, with schools and uh, with uh, the isolation period. Really, question marks on both fronts. We are expecting to hear from Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Kieran Moore, who is going to make a virtual announcement at 3 p.m. today. We'll bring you the details of that as they happen. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. I believe this is the first time we're having the mayor of Burlington on Good Morning Hamilton. And I guess for the moment, it's Good Morning Burlington as well. Marianne Mead Ward is joining us here on GMH. How are you today? 
I'm doing terrific, and thank you for letting me be the inaugural Burlington mayor to be on your show. <laughs> I did not know that. that so this, this I'm is glad it. we're chatting. This is it. So it has been... I guess safe to say 2020 was a crazy year. 2021 has been uh, almost as crazy. At least we have a vaccine to thank for making our lives at least somewhat normal. How are things going in Burlington? Our residents have been willing to make the sacrifices necessary to keep themselves, their families, and their community safe. So our numbers uh, for infection rates have been lower than uh, anywhere else in the GTA. We have also been able to uh, manage our Uh, you know, hospital infection rates uh, and hospitalizations. And we've also got one of the highest vaccine rates in the province. So we are above the uh, provincial average and and people are, you know, now ready to get their in for a a roller coaster start to the new year as we were last year. Uh, But we're ready to do our part. And that, that has actually allowed us to start to have a lot of in-person uh, events safely with our community and to start to see some of that return to what we have been missing for so long. Is there, you know, when you look at those vaccination rates, is there a sense of pride there that the community gets it and you're all in to try and make at least Burlington the safest it can be? I'm very proud of our community and not just for the sacrifices they've made in staying home, in masking up, getting vaccinated, following all the health measures, but also in terms of reaching out to each other throughout this pandemic. We have seen residents, you know, stage neighborhood block parties outside safely, uh, music and dancing in the street where you could, you know, literally stay on your own driveway, but still experience something with your neighborhood. And we as a city have developed a community fund to support the some of the costs of doing that. And so I've attended a number of these events throughout the year. There are some that have happened uh, through Christmas. I'm going to be in a a drive parade next, uh, you know, next uh, Saturday. We just concluded the holiday market downtown, first of its kind in Burlington, four days of outside local vendors. People are in a great mood. People were so happy to be able to be together safely and, and also the compassion. I mean, people have poured out their hearts. We've seen the food bank, um, you know, pivot to a new way of serving people. There was a Friday night dinner that was always served to 200 people. They now have, you know, a thousand people that they serve uh, remotely with drive-by pickup. So all of our community has been extremely generous, has found new ways to help each other and support each other through this while keeping uh, everyone safe. And I think some of those ideas which came out of COVID are actually really good ones that I think will last even beyond COVID. So I have I have been immensely proud of everyone in Burlington for the efforts that they have made, and I expect that that will continue. One of the big topics, not only in uh, Hamilton, Burlington, uh, across the country, really, has been housing affordability. Uh, Burlington has launched a city housing strategy. Uh, Take us through the process of what you are looking at in your community. Yeah, housing affordability is the issue, uh, the number one issue federally, provincially, and, of course, locally. We are in a housing crisis where uh, people are not able to be housed or not able to be housed in ways that are appropriate either to their income or to their family size. It is 
uh, it is a huge issue. It's driven by several factors, one of which is the fact that housing prices do not relate in any way to income anymore. Uh, low interest rates means you know longer mortgages, which bids up the price. And we also have here in Burlington, and the numbers are across the province, uh, the development industry sitting on approvals. And so we, we just had our staff do a review of how many units are there that have been approved but not built, and it's in the thousands. And that's just in Burlington. So sitting on that supply, uh, which also drives up the cost of housing, and if you look at Oakville, same situation, Mississauga, uh, we will uh, light a fire under people to actually build what's there and not sit on it to drive the cost up. So there's, there's a whole bunch of factors. Uh, those are just a few of the systemic issues that we face. But we in the city of Burlington launched a housing uh, a task force I sit on that with my colleagues, uh, Councillor Sharman and Councillor Stolte. She is the chair of that. We've brought in the development industry, nonprofit housing providers, social services at the region, and individual residents and more to brainstorm um, what we can do at the local level. And it's it's what we can do from a, you know, this is totally within our wheelhouse, we can do this, or what do we need to advocate to other levels of government to do because we don't control those things, but we can certainly use our voice. And so we are leaving no stone left unturned in trying to find every single tool that we can use to address this issue. And there is no one silver bullet. There's no one thing that is going to solve housing crisis in Burlington or the region or the province or the country. All of us, every single level of government needs to work together. That's city, region, province, federal. And we all, there will be multiple uh, levers that we need to look at. And so, so everything is on the table right now. We just got a draft report at uh, committee and we are starting to finalize that throughout 2022. And first up is the tool of inclusionary zoning. So we'll be looking at that in detail in January. And that would allow us or to require that as part of any major redevelopment in a certain area that there be a certain number of units set aside to be affordable. That is Marianne Mead Ward, Burlington Mayor, who is going to stick around and join us in our next segment as well. As we look back at some of the big stories in that community, including when we come back, uh, talking about the emergence, and, and this is an issue we talked about years ago. Uh, I remember guest hosting for Bill Kelly a couple of years ago, and um, Ms. Mead Ward was in studio at the time. Yeah, that was a thing back in the day, um, being face-to-face at a studio. And uh, we were talking about uh, the need, uh, her wish, to have a post-secondary institution put down some roots in Burlington. And lo and behold, that is, in fact, happening. So when we come back, we will chat about that. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We are continuing our discussion about the biggest stories of 2021 in Burlington with Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. And about two years ago, I was saying this before the break, a couple of years ago, I guess hosted on the Bill Kelly Show. And one of the things we talked about was um, Marianne's wish to have a post-secondary institution put down some roots in that community. And it's happening as Brock University will have a campus in the city. We are absolutely thrilled uh, to have them. And this is something I've, I was working on as a counselor for eight years. So this is a 12-year journey by the time they, they, uh, they land. They're looking to 
OPAN uh, 2023. We at the city, uh, city council has just authorized uh, to make a formal offer to the Halton District School Board to buy the former Robert Bateman High School site, which they declared surplus uh, earlier this year and was closed a couple of years ago as a high school. And so we are in the, the next stages of acquiring that, uh, assuming they we can come to terms, uh, which I'm quite confident that we will. And then that will be the future site of Brock, uh, as well as some other uses. And, and the Bateman site is a really exciting achievement for this council. It's something that I've had my eye on since it closed as a high school. Uh, and I know the, the counselor for that area, Councillor Sherman, uh, is equally passionate about making sure that this space remains for community uses. So it's a massive site. It's over 212,000 square feet of space. And, and what it means is that um, we can accommodate Brock University. Halton District School Board wants to retain some adult education uses there, which is great. We have a pool that we run, but we don't own. So we'll, uh, we'll acquire the Apple Gym. Uh, our library in Appleby uh, is looking to expand because of population growth and, and relocate. They're in a small plaza now that they've outgrown, and so they want to move in there. And once you add up all of those uses, uh, we still have space left over <laughs> for, for community uses. And when you look at just the sort of the pure community center type uses, the pool, gym, and library, uh, it will be the largest community center in our city, the next largest uh, in Burlington is Tansley Woods at, at 69,000 square feet. Uh, those community uses at Bateman will be 79,000 and, and, and room left over. So this is a significant uh, achievement for our community to add more community amenities, community space, uh, gathering space, and recreation space uh, in this former school. So it's very exciting. We still have a couple of steps left, but... Um, a great achievement that this council and the community should be proud of. Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. Um, we don't have too much time left, but I do want to ask you about a free transit pilot project for seniors that is being made permanent. How big of a, an issue and how uh, exciting is this for those who can um, you know, uh, benefit from this? This is another significant achievement from our community, uh, seniors in our community, and we have, an we have a seniors advisory committee that advocated for this. Uh, when I was a councillor, I brought a number of motions around free transit that didn't go anywhere, but this council got it done. So what we implemented two years ago was a pilot to test it out, uh, seniors riding free during off-peak hours. Uh, because we have capacity. Uh, Off-peak hours, uh, we have room on our bus. So we thought this is, you know, we're already running the buses around. Why don't we, um, you know, give it free to seniors who typically are able to accommodate or modify their schedule to take advantage of it. We have seen over the two years of the pilot a 40, 40% increase in seniors' ridership. Massive. This is throughout COVID as well. And these riders are new riders. So our data showed us that it wasn't seniors who were riding, say, off-peak times that were shifting their travel movements to uh, uh, peak, sorry, the other way around. It, it wasn't seniors riding peak times that were shifting to off-peak times, making up that uh, percentage. It was brand new riders, people go, getting out and about in our community, which is exactly what we want. Transit is... Uh, is really a way for people to be connected and included because if you can't get to places to be involved in our community, you can't participate. 
And so, uh, so this is a significant achievement. And now we are in this budget, uh, which is coming to council uh, today. Uh, we are going to uh, approve that as a permanent project. So, uh, I'm also looking for other ways to make uh, transit free. So, we already have students under 12 riding free. We also have low income. Uh, residents, there was a split pass program at the region where they would cover half the cost of transit for low-income folks who qualified. We are covering the balance, so that's been in place uh, again, an, an accomplishment of this term of council that uh, a, additional uh, folks in our community are able to ride free. And we've seen the increases in transit, and our transit has recovered faster than some of the other uh, regional uh, transit services around us. And I think that's part of the reason why. So. Uh, one of the things on my to-do list that got kind of put on hold during the pandemic is looking at uh, student-free uh, transit. So uh, this is this is a great achievement for our community, and uh, and and it just puts more people on the bus, which gets more people off our roads, and that helps with traffic con congestion. <laughs> As you've heard, there's a lot of great things happening in Burlington and will continue to do so. And one of the big reasons why is uh, the vision and focus and execution of uh, those around the council table, including Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. Thank you very much for the time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All the best in 2022. And we will chat with you uh, next year as well. Thanks. Appreciate your interest. It was uh, great to have, be on. And happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. And we'll certainly have uh, Mayor Mead Ward on the program in 2022 as uh, some of the big things uh, start to materialize in that community. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. One of the songs at Arkell's play during the Great Cup halftime show at Tim Hortons Field. And while the results of the football game did not go Hamilton's way, certainly fans in attendance and the millions more watching on TV were thoroughly entertained by that halftime extravaganza. I remember chatting with uh, Kay Flay, one of the artists on stage with Arkells uh, during the halftime show, and she had an absolute blast. And so did the fans who uh, consumed that show. And this brings me to one of my favorite interviews of 2021 and the last in our series of favorite interviews here on Good Morning Hamilton as we wrap up 2021. This one with Max Kerman, Arkells front man, and uh, the band also celebrating not only a great halftime show, but the release of their sixth album, Blink Once. Let's take a look back and a listen back to Max Kerman, the lead singer of Arkells. You have uh, your sixth album now, Blink Once. Uh, you put this album together during the pandemic what was that like mm, interesting it was different than most of our records you know most of our records we usually you know kind of hold up for a month or so and work on the songs and then you know we have we have a, a path to, to put it out this one we, we deliberately kind of broke up the session because we were doing a lot of touring we started in uh, summer of 2019 years in the making we started recording it then did some sessions in September of 2019. We got about 80% of the record done by February 2020 with the expectation that we'd be kind of wrapping it up and putting it out later in 2020. But of course, the pandemic hit shortly after and we needed, uh, we, we wanted to put it on hold for a second because we, we had these kind of big sing-alongs that uh, needed an audience. You know, it, it's a reciprocal relationship you know being being an act you, you you write the songs to be able to interact with people and we saw you know some of our you know peers bands put out albums last summer and they kind of just evaporated because when you can't tour you know it, it's hard to really you know make that extra connection so we put it aside 
we worked on campfire chords, our acoustic record, and we were able to do that from home in the safety of our own personal studios. We were sending the, the session around and, uh, we went, uh, we, that kept us busy. Um, and, uh, at the top of this year with, with the vaccine coming our way, we, we figured it was, it was the right time to start rolling out the record. And, uh, yeah. And finally Blink wants us out and, uh, yeah, we're, we're super happy with it and, we're just grateful that we had a chance to, you know, put some tour dates on the board so we can go out and play these songs live. Max Kerman is our guest. He's the lead vocalist of Hamilton Rockers' Arkell, seven-time Juno Award winners. Let's chat about this hotly anticipated tour. Uh, you're launching it uh, very soon. Uh, the, the, the chills have to be going up and down your spine because I know you guys love to perform. Yeah, I mean, you know, we used to average about, you know, 120 shows a year and in the last couple of years we've averaged about two <laughs> uh so we're excited uh, you know we were you know we've been watching a lot of game tape uh, i was watching some bruno mars and the hooligans the other night on youtube getting inspired and we're starting to go to see other shows seeing see what kind of tricks we can steal from other performers and and put our own spin on and and, and create our own memories and i think you know with with our band so much of it is uh is relying on like the audience equally caring and we've been really lucky over the years to have a a crowd of music lovers that want to come to the show and and treat each other well and and sing and dance and you know just to sort of feel connected to one another and uh that's definitely that's definitely the, the goal on this upcoming tour our guest this morning, Max Kerman, Arkell's frontman, 2021 Juno Award winners for Group of the Year, launching into their uh, latest tour after releasing Blink Once, their sixth album. You have 14 tracks on this album. Do you have a favorite? Well, good question. Um, I mean, they're all our babies, and the fun part about writing music is that you get so excited about an idea, and you chase it down, and you try to make sense of it, um, and... So at, at one point, each one of these songs were, were our favorite songs. I'd say the one we're living in the most right now is our, our new single, Arm in Arm. We just filmed a video for it at Billy Bishop Airport in Toronto. And it's a song kind of about going home it's a, and being around your friends and family, you know, especially after you lose somebody and, and, and the comfort that music brings. So I'd say Arm in Arm feels like it's, uh, you know, one that is uh, going to be really fun to play live and hopefully people connect with. You have a couple of interludes on this album, which I don't think you guys have had on previous albums. Why now? Why go the interlude route? Um, question. I think the right interlude can help feel um, like it connects the songs to one another and maybe give some of the songs a little bit more meaning um, because you're able to sort of provide like an extra musical landscape that accompanies the song and kind of connects the songs. But also, I mean, we had just more time to play with the idea. I think sometimes, you know, when you're making a record, you just like kind of want to get the songs done and figure out a way to put it out. Um, and with this this album, we had a lot of time to really think about, you know, h- how do these songs relate to one another? And that's why we, um, you know, decided to add it. And we could be in because simply we had the time to like, let's dig in and really holistically think about that. And, and yeah, it felt, felt right. More for Max Kerman on the other side of the break here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Markel's frontman Max Kerman is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. I've always wondered how musicians determine 
the order in which their songs appear on an album. How did you guys decide on that order? Mm-hmm, good question. Very subjective. Um, I'd say that it's it's hard to, especially with five guys, to make a call on anything because everybody, <laughs> you know, has a different take on it. And we try our best to compartmentalize the jobs and there's a lot of trust that we put in each other that if somebody's responsible for one thing or another that people generally try to be supportive. Um, I think there's a few songs that were natural openers or your natural midway points and liberation. It always felt like the right song to open the album with. Um, you know, we always knew strong, which is a ballad would be somewhere in the middle. You can get it always felt like the second song. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, back and forth. You know, it's like people mock up their own set list and send to the band and you listen through it and see what feels good. Sometimes, you know, your instincts are wrong and you're like, somebody sends another idea and you go, oh, that's actually a much better idea. So, um, you know, it's hard though. You know, it's like, I wonder, you know, I, th- I think it's like on one hand, it means a lot, the track list. Um, and it can really like make you feel about an album differently. And then on the other hand, you know, we're living in a streaming era where like people are listening to songs on mixtapes and stuff like that, and it means less. But I think because we're living in these songs, we always, you know, want to make the most sort of, sorry, there's a motorcycle going by me. Um, <laughs> we want to make the most sort of thoughtful, deliberate, or most meaningful choices that, that, that we can think of. And uh, So yeah, so, so the track list process is, is kind of fun for us. Max, when you're writing the songs for this album in particular, were there certain influences or experiences that you were drawing from? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every song has a, has a different vibe. I mean, musically speaking, we're always referencing different artists. You know, Liberation. I could go through each song and go, oh, okay, Liber- Liberation's Paul Simon. You Can Get It is Kanye West. Uh, All Roads is Phil Collins. Strong is Adele. Like, you, know, you, go, you go through the list. Um, and I think lyrically, you know, we've always been inspired to write about like little moments in our lives or that have happened to friends of ours or stories that we hear. And I think, I think a lot of good songwriting comes from just like the idea of examining just a small little moment in time and being able to draw kind of broader conclusions about that small little moment. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of friends, family, uh, you know, people in our community, those always inspire us. Uh, Max Kerman is our guest. He's the front man for our cows. They're about to embark on a uh, crisscross Canada slash North America tour coming up. Uh, you guys played in front of a live audience back in August in Toronto, uh, the first really back-to-live concert of its kind uh, during the pandemic. What was that like? It was, um, it was really surreal. Um, it was a lot of work. We were really excited to do the work. You know, we... Uh, we miss playing live so much. That's so much, so much a big part of our life is going on tour and in connections with people in different cities. Um, and we also knew it was a big responsibility. You know, a lot of people have been missing concerts so much and missing that feeling of connection. Oh, sorry. There is um, a siren going by. You got we, a lot of action going on. Record? This is a, <laughs> you, know, you try to have a nice call on the front porch and it just gets ruined by a motorcycle. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we tried our best to, uh, you know, to, to recognize that it was a moment in time that, you know, that it was hopefully a once in a lifetime where it's like, this is the first time that people are coming out of the house after not being able to go to 
any real live entertainment for a year and a half and just what that release might mean. And, you know, normally on tour, we were able to build on top of the last show. And so it's like sort of an ongoing process. With this, these shows, you know, we kind of have to start from scratch. So we really have to, to sort of be able to remember all the things that we are good at and what are the moments that we think are important to highlight within the set. And um, the first, so the first couple nights were very uh, all about the work, I'd say, because we needed to remember so many things <laughs> as part of the production. But then by night three, we, we kind of got to kick back and enjoy ourselves. And, and that was awesome. I mentioned earlier, Arkells have won seven Juno Awards, including the 2021 Juno Award for Group of the Year. What does that mean to you and the band? Is that is that validation? Yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, you know, you don't play music to, to win awards. You know, it's, like, it's not like a, a sports team where you're where you're constantly, like, you know, trying to win the championship trophy or whatever. But on the other hand, it's... Uh, it's just nice to be recognized in your line of work, no matter what your line of work is. So like whether you're an accountant or a radio show host or, you know, like, or, an, or a plumber, like whatever your, your peer group is, it, it's nice for somebody to go, Hey, you're doing a good job. <laughs> uh, and so that's the way we kind of think about it. Like, Oh, it's nice that people in our community kind of see the work that we put in and, and how hard we try and, 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 celebrate that so that, that's cool but again it's like not 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 the thing that gets us up in the morning but at the end of a, a year of working it's, it's nice to be you know, getting a little nod you mentioned a sports team uh you've written about the tie cats you're you're you know the band is i think synonymous with hamilton uh and uh you know the, the tie cats you played at tim morton's field have you been keeping tabs on the tabbies yeah they're looking good i mean a lot of optimism in the air i know the other night didn't turn out but um yeah, I, I know how much the, the team means to the city. So exciting that they're hosting the Grey Cup. That's a, that's a, such a you know Tim Hortons Field is, is such an exceptional facility, and we know the folks that that run the team, and you know they work so hard in the community, you know, to represent Hamilton and you know to bring fun and entertainment to the city. Um, yeah, so you were we're happy we can kind of play a small role in what they do by, you know, by collaborating with the team and by playing shows at Tim Hortons Field, like all that's wicked. Congrats on this great album, Blink Once. Download it to wherever you download your favorite music. Go see their shows. Thanks a lot for the time. All right. All right. Thanks. Max Kerman, frontman for Arkell. It's one of my favorite interviews of 2021, the last in the series of favorite interviews for this year. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We're going to look back at some of the top trending topics on Google in 2021. A lot of things happened this year. A lot of things we Googled this year. And with a rundown, here's Global's Erica Vella. 2021 brought on high hopes around making the pandemic a thing of the past, and that's likely the reason why vaccines were very much present in the minds of Canadians. According to Google, the top Canadian news search this year, COVID vaccine near me. The rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine was a big moment for Canadians, and we really saw that as, you know, the next stages of pandemic recovery. So it's no surprise that we saw high search volumes for people looking for information around the vaccine. I feel great. I'm glad I got it done. 
Canadians also had a lot of questions about vaccine documentation too. People typed into Google how to get a QR code for COVID vaccination. But it wasn't just COVID and vaccines on the minds of Canadians this year. People were puzzled about the federal election. When that snap election happened in August, Canadians were really curious about uh, the Prime Minister's rationale behind that decision. The number one why question being, why did Prime Minister Trudeau call an election? People also turned to Google to find out how to register to vote in Canada as well. This year, Canadians sought answers around the residential school system following the discovery of hundreds of unmarked graves. This year, September 30th, also marked the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. These were all moments where Canadians were really asking that question, why were residential schools created? And it was an opportunity for us to educate ourselves and reflect on the dark history of our country. As for the top Google searches in 2021, three of the top four centered around sports, NBA, NHL, and Euro 2021. It's just a reminder of how sport really unites us. Again, if you remember that early part of the year, a lot of us were staying at home. Sports was a great way for us to stay entertained and a bit of a distraction for many of us. It's a really great way for us to sort of reflect back on the year and and see what Canadians are looking for, what's kept us interested. Proving there's more to the questions Canadians take to Google it's curiosity marking a moment in time. Erica Vella, Global News. Thank you, Erica. Tomorrow, CHML is going to air a series of year-in-review shows. It'll focus on the top stories in news, sports, entertainment, and TV. And here is a sneak peek. World leaders condemn the storming of the U.S. Capitol by supporters of President Donald Trump. Leaders express shock at the chaos that unfolded in a country they once relied upon for global leadership. Trump falsely claimed again that he won the election, and eventually tweeted for rioters to go home and be peaceful when it was he who egged them on that morning. A dark and dangerous moment in America's modern history. Donald Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol where lawmakers were getting ready to certify Joe Biden's election win. Instead, senators and representatives were locked down while a mob invaded. The chaos highlights the how much power the outgoing president has over his followers who are trying to overthrow democracy. While all that was happening, President Trump stayed well hidden in the White House. Earlier at a rally today, he riled up his supporters, spewing more baseless allegations of election fraud and calling for the results to be overturned. So his defenders took matters into their own hands. Hold them this way! A crowd breached the barriers at what should have been one of the most secure places in D.C. It took more than an hour before Trump called for peace. By that point, a shot had been fired inside the Capitol building and a warning. The footage we're about to show you is disturbing. A woman was shot while apparently trying to climb through a broken window. Metropolitan Police tell Global News she was shot in the neck and has since died from her injuries. The death toll would reach five as a result of the riots. That's just a little sneak peek of tomorrow's year in review shows. That one uh, primarily focusing on the January 6th insurrection. A lot of audio and uh, informative analysis about uh, the Olympics, 
Uh, the weather story in B.C., whether it was the floods or wildfires, certainly has been a, a wild year in British Columbia. Uh, the two Michaels, they'll be uh, profiled in our Year in Review series. Uh, the Olympics and Canadians certainly dominating our sports retrospective. Uh, remember the Ever Given, that big uh, uh, tanker that was stuck in the Suez Canal in Egypt back in in March that caused at least the start of these supply chain issues. They were, have been uh, uh, certainly heightened during the pandemic. Residential schools uh, play a big part in our year in review. Uh, look back, uh, mass vaccinations, of course, with COVID-19 and the pandemic continuing to rage. The uh, hate-motivated attack in London, Ontario, and... The uh, military exit uh, by Canada and a number of other uh, allied forces, the U.K., uh, the U.S., Australia from Afghanistan as the Taliban have uh, taken over that uh, that country. And uh, those residents continue to feel the effects of that takeover. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.